Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Hey, Karen and I are so excited to be back with Jerry Clark. We're continuing our conversation on resilience and most importantly about communication with our families. Hey, let's jump right in. Jerry, I loved what you were saying about communication. I love that you have selected that as one of the primary things that we can do in our families to build resilience. And so tell us a little bit about some strategies that we can use that can help us build better communication patterns. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a couple of things here, if I can. Sure. Anxious people cannot hear facts. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. Oh, yes. Okay. But, you know, if your son or daughter comes and says, I'm not pretty or not handsome or I'm not smart, what do we tell them? Yes, you are. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so what they're doing is they come to you and they're struggling. They're, they don't feel good about themselves. They're anxious, they're frustrated, and then we say, you're wrong. Mm. And so we're not helping them. It really shuts them down. It does. It's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Get out of, get out of here. But using gently curious questions, help me understand that. How come you feel that way? Mm-hmm. How long have you been thinking about this? What do you need from me? Uh, any kind of gently curious question that you can ask them. And the more they talk, the more they'll talk themselves off the ledge. And after you've exhausted all your gently curious questions, I say wait a couple of hours and come back and say, remember when you told me you weren't very smart? Would it be okay if I disagree with that? Oh, that's good. And, like and they'll that. just they'll melt right there. But you can't say, you can't give facts to an anxious person. They cannot hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get into so many arguments. Someone's anxious about something and we try to give them facts and they can't we don't connect. And mm-hmm. as long as we're not going to connect, we're going to fight. That's really you you taught me, though, say it again, the gently curious questions. Yeah. Is that the way you say it? Years ago. And um, I've used that, not always successfully, because, yeah. but but I try to use that. And it does two things. One, it helps them talk mm-hmm. themselves out. But it also, for me, like, I'm very selfish. Like, it's not about them. This is about yeah, me. Right. Sorry, you've got a problem. I'm worried about me and my anxiety <laughs> right now that your problem is causing me. But what it's done for me is it gives me a chance while they're talking for me to have a chance for me to deal with my own anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like Melissa said, instead of freaking out on the outside, yeah. I can realize that I'm yeah. freaking out on the inside. And while mm-hmm. they're talking themselves off the ledge, I can be talking myself down so that I can yeah. think of the next gently curious question or pick a thread of what they're saying Great and, point. And, and then encourage like whatever yeah. they're saying that's true and noble and just and good and praiseworthy, then I can pick out one of those things and then say that back to them. I like how you just said, mm-hmm. it seems like what you mean is, or tell me more about that. Like, mm-hmm. so now I've got a positive thread mm-hmm. and I can gently curiously say, yeah. tell me more about how you see that good trait that you have. Mm-hmm. And then I can say, and this is the way I've seen you use that. Yeah. And, and then it just takes the conversation in a completely different it path. It does. The idea to me is to let them exhaust their thinking before I start giving them any oh, that's really good. positive mm-hmm. input because... They just need to get that anxiety out of their, their thinking. And saying things, complimentary things, I love it when you tell me these things. You are so brave. Uh, I mean, those are good things to say along with those gently curious questions. And when I'm talking to someone who's anxious, I subordinate my eye level to theirs. 
it helps me calm this person on the inside mm-hmm. because now I've just yielded to what they have to say. I don't need to be giving them directions or telling them how to do it. I want to hear what they're saying. And when I drop my eye level lower, it opens them up and it closes me down. It causes my, me to get relaxed. And the context of my conversation then becomes soft mm-hmm. and gentle. I mean, it's a two-way street. They're talking themselves down and I'm talking myself down. I want to fix. But, you know, I've learned that kids aren't broken. They're bent up. Yeah, I love like that. not broken. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot here about intentionality, about intentionality in parent, intentionality in um, creating rhythms in our home, just being intentional in things that we do. And when you were speaking just then, one of the things that I realized is that as parents, we need to be intentional and to have set responses before the moment. Because in that moment, when our anxiety goes up and our intellect goes down, we can't make a plan. So Mm -hmm. if we'll make a plan before, like you said, I realize when somebody's anxious, my plan is to subordinate my eye level. Like that's like I'm intentionally, I've already got a plan. When this happens, I know what I'm going to do. So even though I'm anxious, I already know how to respond. And so one of the things that I have done when my kids will share something that is shocking to me or horrifying to me or all the things that it can be, especially as they got into the teenage years, what my go-to was to say so that I would have something on the outside that was appropriate while the inside was calming down was to say, thank you so much for trusting me enough to tell me that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I always meant it, but I would always say it, and I had the same exact way I would say it, thank you so much for trusting me to tell me something so important or so. Mm, that's and very so, engaging. So that was my first thing to say, wow, this, this took courage and trust mm-hmm. and bravery to mm-hmm. do that, and I acknowledge that. Then that gave me a second, too, to figure out what to do with whatever mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. thing was. Yeah. You know, I, I like what you're saying about intentionality and one of the things I use, and I was just looking at the book, I didn't see it offhand, but I, I call it three-by-five cards or three-by-five therapy, mm-hmm. where if I'm dealing with someone and the relationship kind of gets contentious or it can get out of hand, I use these three-by-five cards and I write on there what the, what the other person might say or what they might do. And underneath that, I, I write how I want to respond. Oh, that's good. And so I'm kind of heading things off. That's great. I'm being strategic about how I want to have that conversation. If I don't pre-plan it, I'll just shoot from the hip. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. Most people do pre-plan it, but they pre-plan it to be right. I was gonna say they're going to say this, and then I'm going to zing them with that. And then when they're shocked, then I'm going to come back with the other thing. Mm-hmm. And they're not even going to know what hit them. I mean, so we already know how to do that. Now we just have to learn to do it in a way that's actually right. Right. helpful versus, because um, yeah. most people have already practiced that concept. We just need to turn it around now and use it yeah. for, for good instead of evil. Well, and, and the idea is, you know, what kind of what kind of response do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want them to say about you when they leave that conversation? What do you want to say about yourself when you leave that conversation? And that kind of helps get that winning attitude out mm-hmm. of it. Because the idea is bringing these kids up to where they're safe and they're productive and, and they feel good about themselves and life ahead. And, and when we get in that combative mode sometimes and we pre-plan it, like I'm going to win this one, yeah. we're, we're overlooking what we really want have for them. There's a concept that we talk about a lot in our spiritual growth strategy for especially our teenagers, and we call it fight for the heart. And so one of those things that I have learned is that, especially as they get to be teenagers, I can walk away from almost every conversation being right in my own mind. I can make them conform to some set of behaviors. 
But as soon as they get out of my house, if all they've ever done is conform to the behaviors that I forced them to conform to, and I never taught them how to choose the right choice themselves, if I never gave them the dignity and the respect to teach them and to let them make mistakes and then to gently correct and to, to mm-hmm. guide them. I've not really done anything except created a child that's probably going to be rebellious when they get outside my house. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so um, one of those things that we say all the time is how important it is just to fight for their heart and not to be so worried about being right, but to worry about what I want after those conversations is to feel like the relationship just got strengthened in the midst of adversity versus I was right. And, and I want them to be strengthened. I want, mm-hmm. my goal is for them to be able to be a better decision maker yeah. after we have that encounter. Yeah. Like and to that. understand the why behind that mm-hmm. behavior and that choice is so necessary. Yeah, Kate wanted to do something that was just a no-go in our house at one time. And, um, and so I had to say no. And I said, but I want you to understand why. And it was so far outside of anything we would have said yes to that I couldn't even believe she asked. But instead of saying, you've got to be crazy to ask me that, I said, unfortunately, I have to say no to that request. And I said, but I want you to understand why. This is why I believe that. And this is why I think that. And because it's for your best interest, I'm saying no. And I know even if you don't understand that, I hope that you'll respect that I love mm-hmm. you enough to say mm-hmm. no. And I never heard anything else about it, yeah. so I'm, I'm hoping that it worked. But it's just that concept of, as, especially as kids get older, rather than I told you so, mm-hmm. to say, this is why, mm-hmm. and to be respectful back. If you want to raise children who are respectful, then respect them at whatever level you can, at whatever exactly. age of development they are at. I, I like the gently curious question when it's out of bounds like you're talking about. How do you think I would answer that question? When yes. I read that in the book, I was like, that is genius. Like, like um, I, yeah. I was like, that is so genius. I wish I would have known that yeah. one. I highly recommend it if you have teenagers to let that be your go-to yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. gently curious question is, how do you think I might respond to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mason did that the other day. I know your answer is going to be no. And I said, well, why do you think I would say no? Yeah. Well, because, and he went through the whole thing and I said, what do you think? Do you think I should say yes or do you think it should be no? He goes, it's no. Mm-hmm. And I get awesome. it. That's, but he's like, I didn't, I, he, he did I wanted to himself. ask. He did. <laughs> yeah. But he understood the why. I didn't really have to say yeah. anything else. I said, I think you're so wise. And I think, I think you knew you wanted to ask to see if it might be different or mommy was so distracted. Mm-hmm. I might just rattle off a yes, which I'm guilty of doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he knew it showed me that his heart was wrapped around Absolutely. The why that behavior wasn't okay and why that would yeah. not be a good choice for him. That's great. And, you know, when he knows that you know he knows, it's it's pretty solid. That's true. I want to mention something about the why question. Mm-hmm. I say leave why in relationships in the trash. Why, why did you not call? Why are you late? Why are you wearing those clothes? I, I say it's a caustic question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that sounds says, judgmental. Prove to me, and I bet you can't. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so. Why didn't you call? Um, I lost my phone or I left my phone in somebody's car or the battery was down. You know that once you give that answer, something else is coming. Mm-hmm. Why did you leave it in their car? Why didn't you charge it? And the gently curious questions of help me understand how come instead of why mm-hmm. uh, can promote connection, not distance. And if you think about it, so much of the time when we ask the why question, we have energy. Mm-hmm. I was worried about you, you know, or why didn't you call? I was afraid you had an accident. And instead of using that word why, I ask myself, how come I want to ask that question? 
and talk about me, not the question. So if, if you didn't call me, I may say, Melissa, I was scared to death. I knew you were on the highway, and I just dreamed up all these things that could have happened to you. And, you know, I wanted to hear your voice. Help me understand how come you didn't call me. Yeah. And, and see, when I can talk about myself, that's being vulnerable. It's not that I'm right. It's I'm, I'm being real and, mm-hmm. and wanting to understand and appreciate as opposed to dictate. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that goes to speak to the heart, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was feeling this way. I was hoping you would have called by now. Exactly. That kind of thing to, to bring it back to the yeah. heart instead of just the yeah. pointing fingers. And The story that good. reminds me of in the Bible is when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was asleep. And they're like, why didn't you wake up? Why didn't mm-hmm. you? Didn't you mm-hmm. care about and what I realized is why really is an accusation, not an inquiry. It is. You're not trying to get information. It it's an accusation. And so I'm, it immediately yeah. I'm gonna people get are a, on defense. I'm going to get a pound of flesh. Yeah, I'm going to yes. get a pound of flesh. And, and so, that is such a habit for everybody. all. I mean, we just, that's kind of our go-to. And so it we're going to have to all really change yeah. the way that we say things. So let's do some examples. Let's just do some role play here. Instead of saying, why are you late? What's a better way to phrase that? I want to talk about myself. I was worried. I, I thought of all kinds of things that could have happened. I heard a siren earlier. I, I could imagine that you had gotten hurt. I tell the wildest stories about myself when I'm not sure where you are. Help me understand what was going on. That's so good. That, so that I'm just talking about me. There can't be a fight as long as I talk about me. I don't care who I'm talking with. Mm-hmm. Let's do another one. Why did you hit your brother? That hurts. I love you both. And when one of you is in pain, it just kills me. And what makes it worse is when two of you that I love so much hurt one another. It just, it just crushes me. Mm, that's a good one. Okay, here's another one. I know, I'm testing you. This mm-hmm. is so good for us as parents. Why did you make a 67 on your algebra test? There's a story in there. About I that. love the story in the book. Yeah. I love that story. Um, See, that's the why question that I can't answer with any kind of dignity because I know I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so if I say I studied or I didn't study or I read it too fast or whatever it is, I'm going to be in trouble. No matter so, what the answer is, you're exactly. in trouble, right? So I might, if I'm well-schooled in this, I might say, Mom, how come you ask? Oh. See, now you get, I'll just say, mm-hmm. Mom, how come you ask? Yeah, then I'll so, say... Well, I noticed that when I was checking your grades, you had a 67 and you always have 80s and 90s. Are you struggling in calculus? Are you struggling in algebra? Are you having a hard time in English? Is there something I can do to help? Mom, it breaks my heart to cause you this kind of pain. I'm going to really work on it. What a nice kid you are. That's awesome. <laughs> I was, I was let's all hope that our, Yeah, let's all hope that our kids answer in that fashion. That was, that was awesome. That made me laugh. <laughs> so those are some good things, seriously, because that really is a habit for most of us, just to go to that why question. So it is. that's something we need cultural. to think about. And before we ask those questions, maybe when you're driving in the car or something, just kind of think through some of those when you need to have a conversation with your spouse, with a friend, with a coworker, with your child. What's a better way to ask a question to get to the heart of it all instead of just trying yeah. to prove yourself right? I think when you said, you know, one of the main things we can do is learn to communicate. I think for people who are ready to make a change, the one thing we can do is evaluate the way we communicate. Like, how many why questions do I ask? 
do I ever ask mm-hmm. um, gently mm-hmm. curious questions? You know, yeah. do I do I triangulate? What are the three? Um, rationalize, minimize, and justify. Rationalize. Do I rationalize? Do I justify? Do I minimize? Do I do all three? Mm-hmm. You know, like what is an assessment of where I am? So talk about the toolbox, some of the things mm-hmm. that listeners can find if they go to your website and access the toolbox. The toolbox is just a an opportunity to make notes on every one of the chapters. And the toolbox came into play because when people begin to learn things differently and employ them differently and get different results, I say it's important to write these things down, and I call it the toolbox, so that whenever things begin to go awry again, then you can go back to the toolbox and look at things that you were doing differently and reteach yourself mm-hmm. to, to go back to the new way of doing it instead of the old habits because right. we all slip back into old habits. Right, especially if we're in an emotional state. When we're not yeah. in that emotional, anxious state, we can go back and coach ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can respond differently. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance that you can celebrate if you can go, oh, you know what, I did it before, I can do it again. Like okay. this encouragement for yourself to be yeah. able to see that, oh, I was making changes before, so I know how to do this. Yeah. On the website, jaredyclark.com slash action guide, you can download a PDF of a, almost 100 pages of things that you can use for your toolbox. Perfect. It gives you an opportunity to write notes on every chapter. That is great because I know <laughs> I'm probably not going to sleep tonight because I'm going to be thinking about my blind spots and <laughs> thinking about the way that I respond in situations. And seriously, I hope that we all do take a moment to do that and just ask God to reveal those things to us that we might not be blind to it anymore, but that he will so graciously just humble us <laughs> in those moments so that we can love one another deeply. Mm-hmm. That might be the best thing somebody can do is to start to pray the prayer every day. God, give me the courage to see my blind spots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Give me the courage to hear yeah. them and then the ability and the desire to act on them. And the key is whenever someone says something and, and we want to disprove it, mm-hmm. that's a blind spot. If I'm defensive, it, I've got a blind spot. It's a place to go to work. And I might go. have a couple then. I like yeah. that. I will, concede, I will concede that I went from none to I probably have a couple. Yeah. Jerry said, that's a place to go to work. So let's go to work, people. Let, let's do the hard thing. Jerry, thank you so much for coming and driving over and being a part of our discussion. I know that your wisdom and your insight is going to be a game changer for all of our listeners. Well, thank you, guys. It's been a privilege and a pleasure to reconnect to you. I miss you guys. We miss, we miss you. you, too. You guys are awesome, and, and I, I love the work you're doing. You're my favorite Jerry on the planet. Don't forget that. <laughs> and Jerry has been so generous. He has donated several books for us to give away. So be on the lookout for that on our Instagram page, and we'll show you how you can be the recipient of this awesome book, Blind Spots in Relationships, What I Don't Know, I Don't Know About Myself. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat Podcast, be sure to follow the show in your Apple Podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week. And And we we can't can't wait wait to chat with you. you.